Right, so the current government advice, right, is to wash your hands for 20 seconds, okay? Yep. Which I've been told is like singing happy birthday through twice. Yep, that's so, what I do in my head. Yeah, so every time I wash my hands now, I'm in my head, I'm singing happy birthday, <laughs> dear virus. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Like you're wishing it happy birthday as you murder it. As I, yeah, it's so, as, so and then at shit. the end I whisper, and many more. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> you, you psychopath. Jesus, that's, that's <laughs> dark as heck. Welcome to the Nerd Under Geek podcast, uh, where we are praising our new coronavirus overlords. Uh, long live coronavirus. Oh, it's a very Please coronavirus podcast. It's a very coronavirus podcast. We hope that everyone out there is safe. Obviously, there's a lot of um, shit going on at the moment. The whole world is in turmoil, but this is a safe place for you as you hide away from uh, the pandemic, the the evil future that we found ourselves. So you know in. what I, I'm looking forward to. What I'm looking forward Animal to. Animal Crossing. No, well, yeah, well, I'm, it's going to be summer soon. It's March now. We're getting to spring. It's going to be summer. I'm looking forward to summer fun. Number one. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing Love all my fun. elderly loved ones. Number two. <laughs> and Jesus. going to my favorite conventions. <laughs> I can't wait to do all those things. Um, I can't wait to. Go travel abroad. I might go. I might take a trip around Europe. Uh, I might. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna shake everyone's hand I meet because I love doing that. I'm glad that none of this is gonna is gonna be stopped. Oh. Finally, a lifetime of doing the finger guns has worked out in my favour. <laughs> uh, what they suggested um, was like an elbow shake. Is the, it's like the, <laughs> the new greeting? So you just knock elbows together. Can't you just Fuck. be like, hi? Yeah, uh, I won't what? shake your hand because there's a pandemic. But hello. <laughs> Why is that not enough? Why do we need to touch each other in some capacity? Seriously bizarre. Uh, Scott, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. I'm doing very well. I've had um, a fine two weeks. I've been out mostly on the picket lines. Uh, with um... is that safe? Yeah. Well, actually, um, I turned on Friday. Our picketing has now been. We were on day eleven of fourteen of strike action, and for the final three days. Our uh, our strike action, our picketing has been cancelled. Strike action is still <laughs> happening, but we are no longer picketing due to coronavirus fears. You have you have to pick it from home now. <laughs> yeah, just in, well, your, in your living uh, room, just with a sign saying. Well, anyway, picketing. It turns out this is my first ever time picketing. Picketing is really tiring. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's really. I got. A, what do you What do you have to re- do for that? So, well, pick a picket line is when striking workers stand outside. Uh, their place of work and basically yep. tell people why they're striking and try and discourage people from entering the place of work. Although you, okay. we can't physically stop anyone. Not with that attitude, you can't. Yeah, is that, yeah exactly. Uh, but yeah, so you basically try and tell, spread your message, tell people why you're striking and uh, yeah, and try and persuade people not to break the picket line. By the time, so I couldn't strike picket the first two weeks and by the time I got there on the third week, you know, it was a case with coronavirus, with it being the third week of a strike, Anyone who'd actually bothered to come to campus was probably going to break that picket line. Yeah, they were probably, probably. They'd probably they'd already made the decision to cross. Um, but it still, it was it was festive. It was you know we kept up good spirits. We had some uh, some teach outs, which were some kind of events. You know, some uh, some members of staff did short little lectures out on the street uh, for the public's enjoyment. Yep, nice. And that was nice. So giving some free education there. Uh, there were. Uh, they were they were all fun, um, but I didn't enjoy the one about um, Harry Potter. 
Uh, read another book. Yeah, read another book, and don't mention Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what was the um? What was the Harry Potter one? So about? it was, was it? it was um. I'm sure a very well-meaning American lady. I don't know uh-huh. what department she's in. Um, pretty sure she won't listen to this, but I <laughs> uh, don't know what she is. Evidently, uh, a member of staff. Uh, she gave a speech. It was about. It was like kind of misogyny 101 basically yeah it was, was kind of yeah. because it's a very short it's a very short kind of lecture it's only like 10 15 minutes you know it wasn't wasn't very long at all uh but uh she was kind of trying to give some examples of like uh misogyny and she uh was like oh harry potter is a good example where we can explore uh set uh, re- like gender dynamics in literature and also the same thing she was like and uh people sent elizabeth warren a snake emoji which is sexist <laughs> elizabeth warren is a snake uh, anyway, that was it. Had a very the whole speech had a very Warren vibe, if you know. What yeah, I, mean. I get you. I uh, get you. I yeah. um I love yeah. Elizabeth Warren uh, dropping out, and rather than supporting uh, either of the other candidates, she's just going on like Saturday Night Live and doing a dance. Yeah, You're like, very, fucking she's a complete great. snake. Uh, she stayed in through Super Tuesday just to fuck Bernie. So I don't want to go too far into the, uh, we all want to the Democrat Bernie. primary, because that's a depressing subject in its own. But yeah, uh, anyway, I was super tired. On Thursday, I got home, and I was like, I'm really tired, but I might try and do a little Let's Play. And I recorded the least funny Let's Play I can imagine. <laughs> it was that me. you not sent it to me? <laughs> no, because it was me literally playing. I was playing Duke Nukem 3D, but I thought, oh, that'll be fun. And I was so tired, I couldn't say anything. So it's just me playing this game, and occasionally going, oh, yeah, um... And I couldn't get past the first bit either. I was thinking I might do like a, a super cut of like two minutes of all the uh, recording's of, uh, hard, isn't it? Of boring like, moments and yeah. Um, and the it, amount and of times it ends, and it so will end with me streams. saying, uh, as I was saying on the thing, oh, this isn't funny at all. I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> uh, so uh, maybe I might make a little super cut. That's funny, so sad. Uh, the moments anyway so that was my thursday it's being like numbed into tiredness not being able to do anything uh, i was available but, on thursday you should have said i could have streamed with you and uh, well my friend came over well came over in the evening and we watched oh, okay. um night when Elm street five great well congratulations sorry i, I streamed with you this week though we streamed we streamed we streamed on monday we did some more yeah, halo reach uh, uh nearing the end of that game now yeah so that's been that's been me uh um, sounds like an event even remember what happened last week Dear do you God, remember God. so your strikes. Remember when uh, our school did a strike? Uh, I do. So yeah, for people who um, are were following news in Northeast Wiltshire in the mid two thousands, this was world news, Scott. This reached really <laughs> to world news. Uh, there was in our school we went to. Uh, I guess it's going to be pretty easy to identify the school we went yeah, to, but whatever. In the school we went to, um, in we were in like year eight or something. It was like two thousand four, two thousand five. Year um, eight, yeah. The teacher, the school tried to bring in some kind of policy about like student like touching each other, canoodling specifically. Can, is what they said nickname canoodling. I don't the canoodling know canoodling ban. I don't know what the actual rule was meant to be like, but some people I think got blown out of proportion, and some people were like the school saying boys and girls can't be within like two feet of each other, which I don't <laughs> think was true. Uh, but I, I don't. But it was basically to stop kids like making out in the classroom or something. Which is like, unfair. Yeah, exactly. Well, not yeah, because I know I was obviously. I no, I did it loads in school. So, so <laughs> all the kids, uh, or not all of them, about three hundred students. Uh, it, and I was, it was one a of lo- them. And uh, our school was pretty small, so it was quite a large proportion of the uh, of the students. 
went uh, out onto the field. Yeah, after basically, lunch what started as a there. lunchtime protest. Um, and I, I remember when it started, it was just like five girls like there, and then it ballooned. People, yep. it was a real, um, yeah, call to action, and uh, about a few, several hundred of us just sort of camped out in the field, refused to go to lessons. And we it were was chanting, we should not be moved. It was a spontaneous expression of collective action. I, uh, well, I remember people talking about the protest ahead of it happening, and someone asked me if I was going to it, and then someone else goes, no, don't invite him. <laughs> Which is like, imagine doing a protest of beer and then trying to gatekeep it. Mm. <laughs> so so stupid. But I did go. Um, because well, our political I, consciousness was quite low. We were 12. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. I did go to the protest as well. I, I was not the sort of person who would have been canoodling with uh, any gender at that point anyway no one wanted to do that with me but I protested in hope damn it um, and that's my only experience with did we get punished for it? Uh, we got two detentions okay uh, my the teacher I did detention with Mr. Thomas uh, rest his, rest in peace yeah R.I.P. R.I.P. deceased um, he let us eat lunch in our detention and just have a fun time yeah, he, he probably thought he it was funny. He probably thought he is on our side, which is very good. I love having a teacher like that. It's what you want, really, isn't it, from a teacher? Teachers who understand you, who feel like they get you. Um, yeah. Good guy. Good I wonder guy. what that's like. Now, I have <laughs> teachers who uh, did uh, inspire me. Are you are you a teacher who inspires people now? Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, keep in mind, I'm only seeing them an hour a week. So it's not like, it's not like a school teacher where you might see your pupils like every day. So it's a bit. The relationship is a bit more. Um, you know, it's more casual. I guess I'm have a casualized workforce. That's one thing you, I'm <laughs> striking against. Have you ever dabbed in a lesson? Huh? Have you ever dabbed in I'm a lesson? I'm not dabbed. Maybe I'll do. No, I do promise it, do them it, do it. because we have our last class um, in a couple of weeks. So we we miss three classes due to strike action. And mm-hmm. assuming as unless the school is on lockdown for Corona by in two weeks time, which it may be. <laughs> But I did yeah. tell them, like, come along to the final class. Uh, I know we have, like, a three weeks of no classes due to strike, but come along. I'll make it fun. And maybe one of the ways <laughs> I can make it fun is by, like, dabbing. Yeah, you just do a dab. That'd mm. be the fun thing. Uh, my, some PhD friends and I have resolved to dab when we get our diplomas, like, at the graduation. And yes. it'll be even funnier because by then it will be a very outdated it's mean. already outdated. I love yeah. doing it. I do it so. solely ironically, but I do it so much that yeah. I, it's probably not clear that I'm doing it ironically. Just a fun thing to do. Uh, I think it was outdated as soon as um, that US senator did it. Dab- after yeah. I think so. Dowd was superseded by flossing, right? I don't know. Flossing's still a thing. Very much so. Sonic flossed in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. He you know, sure so, did. <laughs> twice, I think. Twice. Uh, so that's still a thing. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm not cool enough to understand. I'm not young enough to understand what what what's what the new hip is. Probably, I don't know, fist bumping. Just going to let you ramble on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please help me. <laughs> so have you, have you have you played anything this? Yeah, past I have weeks? played stuff. I've uh, played Murder by Numbers, the new oh, uh, visual novel Pie Cross detective game. I need to call you out on something here. Yeah, it's not pronounced pie cross. I've been doing yeah. some research. It's, Why is it um, not pronounced pie cross? It's short for picture crossword, and so it would be pick cross. I'm sorry. Yeah, but Scott, it, I'm but sorry. The word is pie like Scott. I'm sorry. It's just the facts. It's pronounced pick cross. All right, but you called it po- Pokemon. It's short for pocket monster, but you wouldn't call it Pokemon, <laughs> would you? <laughs> 
Uh, but there's no C in Pokemon. So whereas Picross has the same letters. No, but if you think word poke, uh, oh, I mean poke, yeah, but mm, yeah, but pi, but, pi, <laughs> but yeah, but pi is P I C. I'm sorry, it's pi cross, right? So, it's, but, it's... but what makes the I sound an I in picture is the introduction of a T after the C. It's picked. What about crossword? Crossword. So it's pi cross, Picross, pi cross, Picross, pick. It's, it's it's pick ross. <laughs> Pick, you, pick you've Ross, got to separate the C and the R, so it's pick Ross, and then Ross is the person. No, it's Pie uh, Cross. Uh, so, um, <laughs> Murder by Numbers is a visual novel detective pick Ross game uh, where it's basically Ace Attorney but with puzzles. Yeah, it is. It is on the border of like copyright infringement. <laughs> it's so yeah, much Ace Attorney. 100%. <laughs> uh, it has some of the same, it has a lot of the same sound effects. It's just legally distinct enough. <laughs> if they had a courtroom battle, yes. I think they would be sued to oblivion. <laughs> but they don't. It's just the detective parts of Ace Attorney with some Picross puzzles. Uh, Picross, uh, for those who don't know, is a crossword-like puzzle game it's where you puzzle game it's it's like it's, you have you have numbers on the left and top of this of the this this grid and those numbers say how many blocks need to be colored in on that line so let's say there's a far a, a four by four grid and along the top you have the number four going downwards um you would color everything in in that in that line and on the left you have like a one followed by two You'd have one block coloured in and a space and then two blocks coloured in. So it's like that. Sounds simple. Gets so fucking hard. This is my <laughs> first time this is my first time playing a Picross game. I've never I've never played Picross before. Uh, I'm gonna keep saying it by the way, Scott, until it sort of gets into your head. Okay. Um And yeah, I, I've done the first two cases so far, and on the third case, it's just suddenly like the puzzles are getting like progressively more difficult anyway. But the third case is like I sat there for about forty-five minutes last night on one on one puzzle, just bashing my head against it. It's when so I struggle when I can't immediately make a line and I don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. How do you get around that? Like when when it's not clear that if anything's going to make a full line straight away, how do you get around that? Well, you so you can uh, you work out you know through the information they've given you. What squares could be cut? So where are like what overlaps? Yeah, yeah. If Do you've that. got if you've got like a ten by ten grid and you've got you know four and four, uh, then you can probably tell you know you've got four. If you if you start at the farthest block, colouring yeah. four, then a blank, Count then another four, you'll find that overlaps with if you start at the other end. Yes, that's what I do. I feel I'm still like I'm still like. I don't. I, it's, it's there's a it's a struggle at times. Okay. Um, I occasionally have to use. Uh, I don't use the hints to tell me where to go, but I do use the thing which checks whether I've got it wrong, which I think is a bit better. I, I don't know. I, only occasionally. Only when I'm like really stuck. But it's uh, it's good. Yeah, I played a lot of Pycross. I'm at the point where I can yeah, recognise for most of the grids. Like, oh, that will have like some squares in it because I've seen yeah. that kind of like distribution before. I get you. Um, it's cool. I think. I think. What do you, What do you think of the game as a whole? Then, like, like. So the Picross parts. I think. Uh, I mean, it's Picross, isn't it? It's. 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 Yep. It, you're getting exactly that thing. Um, I find that the pictures it apparently makes don't really look like the things that they claim they are. But whatever, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, like you put a load of blocks together, and it's like this is a handprint, and you're like, is it? Okay. <laughs> whatever yeah, you the, say. The, the detective parts are fun. Uh, they're kind of well written. Uh, clearly, a London developer, an English developer, by the way. They are a London-based developer, 
and you get some uh i mean one of the characters is meant to be british but yeah. even so you get like some quite british turns of phrase working their way in there yeah it's um it's quite a diverse game i quite yeah, like it, it. So, uh, yeah like um, as you, you showed me a negative steam review that it's like this game has black people in it yeah <laughs> yeah someone claims that it was um it was more diverse than Ace Attorney, which was nice, but they didn't like that the bad guys were always white straight people. Are and then they? they were, and, then, and then they were like, "I've only played the first case." And so I was spoilers. like, "Spoilers!" The first and the, the person who did the crime in the first case was white. It didn't. They never confirmed they were straight. I mean, they were they were flirtatious, but but then they were lying about the whole identity. In that yeah. Case. So who the fuck knows? <laughs> Um, but like, yeah, I've already played the first case, but this, the bad person was white and straight, and the good person was not. And you're like, come off it! You're looking like, at that point. You're looking for things to just be a dick yeah. about. Well, people—that's what people have been trained to do. Of um, course, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, cool characters. I like her. The main character, Honor. She's uh, she's compelling, well written. Uh, her. Uh, what do you think of a robot buddy? The wacky robot. Uh, Scouts. I like Scouts a lot. I think he's a he's a cool little dude. Um. He's he's a he's a nice little addition to it. I think some of the stuff is a bit, it, the the tone is occasionally off. I find so like there's been a murder, and then the main character is talking about like how her job's been affected, even though like this person who's been murdered is her friend, and she's like, "This has been a heck of a summer. First, I lost my job, and now I don't know what, and now I'm maybe going to be a detective." And it immediately <laughs> stops mentioning the fact that her friend was murdered. Like that day when her friend's murdered, she's like, "I'm having a really hard time right now. I lost my job." And you're like, "Yeah, but you're stood in the room where your friend is dead. Your body, your friend's body is right there." And she just doesn't like it. Doesn't it tries to be whimsical and and jovial and things, which works. You know, you don't want it to be too serious, but it does sometimes feel a bit like, "Why does no one care what's going on?" The, the, her best friend KC, the gay the, the gay hairdresser, who's amazing by the way, I love him so much, um, is annoyed for a little bit that she won't go out for a drink with him like after work because they've had such a hard day where her friend <laughs> was murdered. Got murdered. <laughs> yeah, someone got murdered and we had to solve the murder while being around a dead body. Oh, I guess we'll just go out for a drink tomorrow and catch up. It's just like it just feels a little bit off sometimes, but that's sort of just the nature of this sort of game. That's my only real criticism i think yeah also some of the jokes uh well sometimes they make a joke and then no- the sound effects will be like blub blub and you're like yeah okay but one but one major criticism i make is that the music got a bit repetitive uh yeah. even though it definitely felt like they told the composer you're just composing for an ace attorney game well the composer is the guy who did the music for ace attorney yeah same guy. um so but it got a bit repetitive it obviously uh maybe didn't couldn't afford to get uh commissioned that much original music no it's uh, um, you do hear the same stuff over and over. The sound effects as well. Yeah, I. It was definitely a turn music off game. I've not done that, but uh, I could see why you would do. Uh, but anyway, it's fun, and it's only like a tenner. It's good. It's a. It's really good. It's, it's uh, Ace Attorney with Pycross. It should be fairly obvious. Yeah, it's it's uh, absolutely thing. my sort of thing. It's 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 a lot of fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing more of it. How far into it are you? Uh, I'm again the second case. You f- have you finished the second case? Uh, not quite. Okay, cool. It's it's good. It goes to good good places. Um, yeah, I'm 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 enjoying it. It's it's a lot of fun. Probably one of my favorites so far this year. But then that's not hard. Yeah, because not, fuck all's yeah. been out. But this is the last podcast before some actual games come out. Yeah. Well, a so. game came, an, another game came out this week, which I did try to play. Um, Ori and the Will of the Wisps released on Game Pass this week, and, and other other things. But I was trying to play it on Game Pass. Looks really good. Um. I imagine it's very good, but it has some major technical issues right now. 
Okay. Which is a shame. Like, uh, from what I'm gathering, like, a lot of people are having technical issues with it right now. Like, it seems to have been released in a state which, even though it's had a day one patch, it's not quite working. Works fine on Xbox, apparently, but on PC, um, it's struggling. So, it plays fine, but every so often there's hitches, and then the, the sound does, does like a sort of thing, you know? You know, like when, when something hitches on your computer and just does mm-hmm. a weird sound? That's happening a lot for which for a okay. game that's mostly about like a big part of it is its presentation and music and things isn't good. So I played the I played the opening bit and then thought I'm going to leave it and wait for a bit until this is fixed because I want to enjoy this game properly. Uh, looks cool. What I, what I played so far though, like the ten minutes I played of it, uh, looks looks cool. So hopefully you get those technical things sorted out. Um, how am I? You ask. How have I been the past two weeks? Hey, wait! Uh, I watched something this week. Oh, you? Watch- <laughs> oh, sure. We'll just keep. Hang on. Let's just talk more about Scott. What do you? What do you watch? Yeah, Scott? yeah. Uh, I watched a little show on Netflix called oh, yeah. uh, "I Am Not Okay with This." Were you okay with it? Uh yeah. You know, I was surprisingly okay with it. It's a, <laughs> uh, you know, it's a teenage coming of age. Uh, show. I guess I'm kind of a sucker for a nice coming of age TV show yeah. set in a rural town. Yep. Uh, it stars. I'm typing right now to look it up. Um, <laughs> it stars that girl from it and that guy from it. From what? So, you know, um, what's her name? From what's what? An, uh, you know, it. What? From it? From from the film? From what? From the one film. What film? It. What film? You just keep saying it. <laughs> from it, you know it. What? You've seen it. From what? Like, I, I, is this not a joke you're doing now? Do you not know what I'm saying? What are you on about? From it. What? <laughs> I'm doing a joke. It's a joke that was. <laughs> uh, oh, good jokes, that. Um, which girl are you on about? And the guy? Which, who are you uh, on about? Sophia Lillis. The girl Does she played play the, the, girl main, in it? the main girl in it? Yeah, that girl okay. off it. Yeah. And Wyatt Olaf, who played um, one of the white kids on it. <laughs> is he the one from Stranger Things? No, no, that's um, Finn Wolfhart. Oh, Wyatt yeah. Olaf. He's like, um, he's got curly hair. He's um, he's not the fat one. Um, he's not the. Um, uh, Is he the one with the broken what? arm, the hypochondriac? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Okay, he's good. I like him. Yeah, he was good. And um, anyway, it's got so it's basically the it alumni. Uh, in another TV show because it's set it's not set in Maine but it's set in a rural uh, Pennsylvania town which looks a lot like Maine okay. uh, so <laughs> yeah. and it's while it's set in the modern day uh, it definitely has some like older sensibilities yeah uh, that's not a thing I'll get to it's fine it's um, about um, Sophia Lillis who plays a girl called Sid who's um, she's 17 she's uh, going through a tough time in her life Dad killed himself. Oh, dead dad. She's got a dead dad. Oh, shit. Um, she might be gay. She is gay. I think she realizes she's gay. And also, she maybe can blow up stuff of her mind. <laughs> uh, you should have left with that. <laughs> yeah, it's only seven episodes, 20 minutes each on Netflix. That's not uh, ca- ca- Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. It's like a nice little nice little bite of a TV okay. series. Cass, good. Uh, you know, I'm. Uh, it's. Uh, it kind of wants to have its cake and eat it because it's set in the modern day, but it's definitely like the the character stan who's white olaf uh like collects vhs and like cassette tapes and stuff and yeah. drives like an old car uh although it is like a junker it's not like a cool old car uh so it's kind of it definitely plays into that sort of uh the it vibe 
and yeah. it's got the same color palette, same color grading as it. Orange. Uh-huh. Um, no, like kind of a bit washed out, a bit gray, a bit rusty. Well, no, I thought it was quite sunny. Oh, okay. Well, um, we after watching it again, we different <laughs> I got major it. But no, it's like it, but with no creepy clown. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like all the uh, best so, bits of it. Yeah, if you were like, oh, I kind of wish uh, the bit it was just like a teen coming of age drama. I do actually. That's those, those, yeah. those are the bits I like the most. Um, and there's a bit of psychic power in there. It's it's cool. Okay. So I'd actually it's it's a pretty easy one to check out. It's not much time commitment. You can nice. probably listen to it every time I spent describing it. So <laughs> check it out. I am not okay with this. Talented actors. I hope they Finn, do well. Finn Wolfhard from yeah. It and Stranger Things. Hey, is crafting out a career of being that guy from yep. Stranger Things. Like, That's okay. In, have you seen the new Bo- Ghostbusters trailer? No. Oh, it looks awful. It looks like the absolute nostalgia wank that it that it obviously is going to be. Like, there's the car. It's not set in the the the, the film series where <laughs> the women were. Uh, it's set in the proper Ghostbusters thing. Uh, look, it's the car, and it's thirty years later, and everybody's forgotten that there were ghosts. I guess. Uh, everyone's forgotten that a giant marshmallow man tore down New York, um, and the kids are like, "Those are just stories that my dad told me." Uh, Paul Rudd's in it, but Finn Wolfhard is also in it as the kid from Stranger Things. Do you want to hear a controversial opinion? Go on. Ghostbusters is not that great. <laughs> I have no serious like nostalgia for Ghostbusters at all. No, that's a, like Ghostbusters. It's a pretty okay comedy film. Like it's fun. Um, but and I, what I hear from people is like when it came out, it was very fresh and new, and that's oh why. yeah, big time. But from watching it today, yeah, I have no nostalgia. I'm too young to have nostalgia for Ghostbusters. I I watched it when I was like for the first time when I was like eleven or twelve. But even then, I just didn't. I didn't kind of connect with it that much. I it I was... think it's a it's a pretty good comedy film. I don't think it's a masterpiece that some people think it is. I mean, the untarnishable masterpiece. It was pretty original when it came out, right? Like it was like a yeah, very probably. unique, like original thing, um, which just you know people have adapted from that since then. A I generation of people. I think that's what people now forget. Think it's like ma- a masterpiece. Like whenever we reboot these sort of things or re-release these sort of things, we tend to forget that there's been things like that since, which have like adapted and built upon yeah. them already. And then we just go back to being like, let's just I mean, do it like some, we did back then. Is some 12-year-old in 2030 going to watch Scott Pilgrim and be like, ah, oh, it's not that special? Probably. Probably, yeah. I think people Damn. already think that Scott Pilgrim is not that special. Well, they're wrong. They are wrong, of course. And I um, will fight them in real life. My react, my attitude towards Scott Pilgrim has changed as I've aged, but I still very much mm. love it. Like, like oh, the character, in what way has it changed? I, I think like when I was 16, or 16 when it came out, it came up, released on my birthday... Um, no, we I were eighteen. Of, are we eighteen? Whatever. You, I think you might have turned seventeen. I was. I, know, I think. I think I might have just. T- um, no, that was my eighteenth birthday. No, you turned eighteen. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. I sort of admired the character of Scott Pilgrim. Like, I think as a yeah. as a sort of edgy teen, he's the sort of person you go, oh, he's cool. He does these things. It's because cool things, you, you, know? you have that that desire to be in the next age group up. So you're like, oh, he's a adult. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's living that slacker life. And now that I'm older, I look at him and be like, oh, he's a fucking asshole. But yeah. I think that's well, the like, point. The, the point of the, the film and the books as well is that Scott at the start is not a like a nice guy. He has to mature. Yeah, I think in the film he does it less so than he does in the comic books. Like it's less of a clean cut. Like he has matured now. But no, it's still good. Uh, those are those are that's a fun film. Um, yeah, a film that was important to us in our youth. 
Yeah, so that makes it important. Uh, so in, in 30 years' time, when they reboot it, I'm going to stan that film. I'll be like, you can't talk shit about Scott Pilgrim reboot. It's the best thing ever. Uh, oh, what that? They're doing a female Scott. This Callum, is the get, worst. get this. It's Sally Pilgrim versus the world. Ah! Ah! And she's gay. <laughs> Diversity takes everything I love. Um... What have I been doing the past couple of weeks? Wait, what have you, Cal, how, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank Talk you. Talk about I'm, yourself I'm, for a bit. I'm Cal Doughty. Uh, other, I'm the host of this podcast. Um, I've been busy with work. I've still been fairly stressed, although this week I've chilled out a little bit. So it's been a bit tricky, but it's been all right. Uh, my brother came up for the weekend, just gone. Uh, he got a switch for his birthday, so I get... We, before we, I, he deploys to parts unknown. He, before he deploys in the Navy. Uh, he got a Switch for his birthday, and so I got to experience him Who playing... gave him that Switch? It doesn't matter. I got to experience him <laughs> playing Breath of the Wild for the first time, which, oh, it's a good game. I I really enjoy watching people play that game and just sort of like seeing how they handle it or how they deal with it. Like, Because everyone approaches that game differently, right? It's a game which has so many different uh, pieces in play that you can just sort of do your own thing with it. And so watching him play it was very different to how I played it. He did a thing in the game for early on, which I didn't even know existed, where he chopped down... You know when the old, where the old man's chopping down trees very early on in the game? Yep. Uh, he chopped down a tree to try and make it fall on the old man. Uh, <laughs> and the old man just went, hey, watch out for that, and just started running away from the tree. And I was like, that's a really cool little touch to add in there, specifically for if they did that sort of thing. And I hadn't seen it because I'm not a psychopath who would try and chop a tree down an old man. Yeah. But my brother well, your is. brother has been trained to kill, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, but he is that psychopath. Um, so he did chop the tree down on this old man. And I got to see this in, this unique reaction from him, which is it's cool. And that this game that game's just filled with things like that. Um, he killed a load of bacoblins at a camp by setting fire to the grass around them and letting it spread. <coughs> Which I knew you could do in the game, but I hadn't probably probably tried it that way. But him just sort of like setting an arrow on fire from a torch, shooting the grass, and then just letting it spread from there to take out the bacoblins. It's just cool seeing someone who's not a huge gamer, like, play around with those sort of um, pieces that that they're given, you know? Like, I think a lot of... The way I think a lot of people would approach this sort of thing, or the way I'd imagine a lot of people approach this sort of thing, is just doing specifically what they're told. But seeing someone who isn't big on like experimentation in games and things actually do those different things um, really just shows the magic of that game, and it's uh, it's just it's just great. Uh, Breath of the Wild is is still a great game. I'm really interested to see what they do with the second one because I wasn't a big fan of the DLC. I think the DLC focused more on the puzzles, which like the like the actual like puzzle little puzzle houses, um, temple things. Which fine, but isn't what made Breath of the Wild a great game. Like it seemed like they they misunderstood what was it, what people actually enjoyed about that game. So I'm hoping that with the second one, we see a more expansive world and, and new things to explore and and visit. You know, uh, so that was a big part of my past couple of weeks. Been playing Murder by Numbers, which we've talked about. Uh, that's pretty much it. I've not been doing a lot of it, a lot else. Like I tried to play Ori, but it didn't really work. Uh, did your brother turn all the HUD off? The what? The HUD. Oh, the HUD. Uh, no, he did not. Uh, no, no. I suggested he do so, but he didn't. So, you know. Some people just like to play with mini-maps, I guess, which is the wrong way to play that game, but whatever. <laughs> you know. 
do what do whatever. Uh, have I done anything else? I don't think so. Nah, that's probably probably about it. Should we move on to the news? Yeah, sure. News. So, news. Some big news this week. Uh, let's start with the biggest of the week. Um, E3. Yeah, bloody hell. Last week it was GDC. Last time. Uh, e- now, now E3. It's E3 gone. has been going for as much as time as it is right now, but now officially E3 has been cancelled. They seemed very certain they were going to go ahead, but um, they announced on Wednesday that they were going to be skipping a year. Uh, E3 20, this is from Kotaku. E3 2020, which was planned to take place at the Los Angeles Convention Center this June, is cancelled as a result of the COVID-19 coronavirus that is currently spreading across the globe, the organizers of the conference said today. After careful consultation with our member companies regarding the health and safety of everyone in our industry, our fans, our employees, our exhibitors, and our longtime E3 partners, we've made the difficult decision to cancel E3 2020, scheduled for June 9 to 11 in Los Angeles. The Entertainment Software Association, the video game lobbyist group that runs the trade show, said in a statement to press that morning. They added that they will be looking to coordinate an online experience to showcase industry announcements and news in June 2020. This is interesting. So this is a big thing out of the so year. So is this going to hasten the inevitable demise of that show? Yes. I, I don't see... Okay. So I, I, there's a couple of things with this. So they're saying it's been cancelled because of the coronavirus. But there's been a lot of issues with E3 like in recent recent times. Well, anyway. so we know already uh, Nintendo and Sony as well like didn't do E3 last year. Yes, uh, Nintendo was at the show floor, Nintendo but they hasn't actually, done, yeah, they've done like but they haven't done ages. like a proper Nintendo not for years hasn't done like a proper uh, on stage presentation. Yeah, and S- Sony joined them. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's what we know already so far. Um, other people also started to drop out of E3. Most recently uh, was a company called I Am 8-Bit, uh, where they were basically the production designers for E3. They, they were the creative designers for the E3 this year. And they said, uh, we are retiring as the creative designers after five weeks working with E3 <laughs> on, the, on the show this year. Clearly... There is something going on behind the scenes where even companies who are meant to be working on it, who had a job to work on this show, didn't want to be part of it. Um, so E3 lost their lost their creative designers. Uh, Jeff Keighley uh, said that with everything he knows about what's going on behind the scenes at E3, said he wouldn't be in attendance either for the first time ever since the E3 started. And he loves industry he, faff like that. He loves that sort of shit. Uh, he hosted some event at E3 last year, like a like a big talk thing with Todd Howard and Elon Musk. So, you know, uh, big miss there. Uh, so there's clearly a lot of things going on behind the scenes and people were thinking it might be cancelled anyway. Like E3 has been trying to ad- adopt a more consumer-based show. So previously it was press and then it started bringing, uh, allowing people who weren't press into the show floor to play the games and things because they're trying to rebrand. They're trying to and make They're, they're money, really basically. pivoting because... Yeah, just like Sony and Nintendo, and not just them either, developers nowadays are learning that if you want to just make an announcement, you just do a live stream. Exactly. And you can do it at a time of your choice. You don't have to do it in that two-week period. Uh, definitely a lot cheaper. you know. And if you want to have like a big party, like a big press event, you can just rent out a convention hall in LA, and, and that people will be cheaper will come. than, people than will doing it at E3 it. season. So E3 is going through a lot of troubles. Of course, they'd already had it booked in. And so if they were to just cancel it, they would lose a lot of money. Yeah. Unless 
unless something comes along like the coronavirus. Yeah, presumably forces they are insured against this. Exactly, which forces so they, their hands to shut down. So the city of Los Angeles have said that they need to shut down a lot of different events. So I could see E3, they've been holding off until until this week before announcing anything, probably because they wanted to see what the actual peak moment was where they could be like, we're having to shut down because of the coronavirus, and then they still don't lose all this money. Mm. I, I'm to not saying clear, that's definitely the case. That's like yeah. they, They're saying it's just because of the coronavirus. But I believe, personally, with everything right. else that's going on, that that's the reason they're shutting down isn't just because of that. Yeah. To be clear, I'm not trying to allege like fraud, like insurance fraud. No, of course not. I'm sure no. there, there are legit coronavirus fears, and it's probably a good idea. But it's convenient for them that this is allow, they probably might allow them to claim some money back. They've got an out here of a show that was probably going to be a disaster. The thing is, so they're saying they're skipping a year. But companies who were going to go to there, if they don't see any difference to like their bottom line, like yeah, exactly. they, don't, they don't go to the show, they still get the same amount of sales this year, they still get the same amount of attention for their games. Why would they ever go to E3 again? Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, so I think after this year, this could be the thing which is just ends it forever. And E3's just gone, which is a shame. Because it used to be such a cultural event in the video game community, you know? It used to be yeah, like a time of excitement. Been, yeah, I kind of wish we still had, like, that two-week period of, like, the year where every, big things are happening. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe it's, maybe that can survive in some form. I, yeah, I just like, don't know. Like, it, it just, it, obviously, it makes sense for people to separate their announcements out now that they can, right? Yeah. Like, now that they don't need to fight for attention in this big two-week period. But for people like you and me... Uh, it was such an exciting time. People used to call it Video Game Christmas, which I don't necessarily <laughs> agree with. Because we, we enjoyed the announcements. We enjoyed making fun of the bad presentations. Yeah, you get. I mean, it's, it's basically a Video Game Christmas where you're getting told what your presents are going to be in the future. You know, it's um, it's an exciting time, but it's gonna be a shame to see that go. But then that's that's what bad management does, I guess. Like the, the yeah, the, well, as the, well, it's just like the environment moving on. You don't need a big trade show like this anymore for your big announcements. And the ESA have not done a very good job of telling companies why they do need this sort of trade show. I mean, yeah. leaking all the journalist information last week was probably bad enough. Y- yes, uh, as well. Yeah, and also if you go to E3, you might get your private information leaked. Yes, and then this year they said they had whole new securities in place to stop that from happening, and then a week later, accidentally leaked all the companies that are going to be at the, at the show. Yep. Which, I mean, you know, you done goofed there. Yep, so... So that's ending. Uh, R.I.P. E3. Well it done, coronavirus. Good. Yeah. I mean, who knows? It may, maybe they'll be back and they'll try and make a go of it in 2021. It's, I don't know what form it will be in. Yeah. Uh, it's, I suppose we'll we'll see. Uh, so companies who were going to be there, like Microsoft, uh, Ubisoft, Square Enix, they've already said that they're going to be doing digital events instead. Yeah. So... We're still going to get the announcements from these shows because these companies are already going to have put money into this to get their announcements together. So that's still going to happen. It's just going to be in a very different form. I feel sorry for the indie companies, to be honest, like who off the back of E3 would get noticed, like get their games out there. People might not see these games, like it'll just like fall into the other rest of the news, but like by piggybacking off of this event, they could make their games... uh, be seen by more people and that's not going to happen now so i imagine this is going to hurt indie developers similar to the way gdc did uh more than it will the big companies which is a shame but um, that's that's business for you that's that's capitalism i guess pay by by maybe we can make our own trade show do you want to do one (laughs) the nerd and geek show yeah now now con now con um i think uh 
EGX, which is the Eurogamer Expo, which is on was on this year, that's also been cancelled and well, it's, it's been moved to summer. Uh, so this it's not the only E3 is not the only show to be cancelled because of the coronavirus. There are other stuff also getting cancelled now, and that's in the UK. So you know we're not even got that bad here, but better safe than sorry, I guess. Mm, anything else you want to say about that? Um, no. Uh, we'll see how it works out, but I think yeah, I'm gonna predict E3 as we know it. I mean, we knew that E3 as we knew it is going away, but maybe E3 all the time. It's the of it. end of E3 as we know it. <laughs> if if this was 2006, there'd absolutely be YouTube videos with that sort of thing on it. Remember when yeah. people used to make video, like song parody YouTube videos about video games? There was yeah. one about uh, the PS3. Uh, Sony, you went wrong with the PS3. I'll just keep playing my 360. Uh, and, I don't and, remember. Do you remember that? It was great. No. Um, and they said something about like a uh, you released Killzone two, but Killzone one sucked before. What made you think we wanted more? So great. Oh, I miss the console wars. Obviously, I don't. Console wars are stupid, but oh, fun times, nostalgic memories. Scott, do you like movies? Uh, I do quite like movies. Yeah. Do you like video games? Um, yeah, I, I guess so. Do you wish there could be more movies about video games? Um, to a certain extent. Uncharted movie. Um, uh, yeah, it's got, got a new director. It's got its seventh director. <laughs> uh, so this is from Eurogamer. Sony's beleaguered and quite possibly cursed Uncharted movie, which has so far managed to lose a total of six directors since its unveiling in 2009, has a new director at the time in the form of Ruben Fleischer, the man behind Zombieland and Venom. I want to point out this movie is, uh, this production is now 11 years old. This production is starting secondary school in September. <laughs> it's very nervous about going to big school. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's got a new director. Antonio Banderas is going to join the cast as well. All right. Uh, you may remember him as Puss in Boots from Shrek. I know who Antonio Banderas is. I don't know what else he's done. What else has he done? Uh, I just heard his name. <laughs> Antonio Banderas. Um, yeah, and that woman from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Who's that? Uh, Tati Gabrielle. Oh, okay. She wasn't Sabrina. She was a different character. Okay. But she was nice. <laughs> Great. A nice um, person. <laughs> It's uh, due to hit cinemas on the 5th of March next year. Oh, so brilliant. So start filming this well, it year? Will get, I, I predict it will get delayed due to coronavirus. <laughs> yes, of course. Oh, God, probably. Um, who gives a fuck about the Uncharted movie? <laughs> Honestly. No, but does anyone care about Uncharted anymore? It's, not, it's been a while since the last game came out, like a like, few years. I, I, had, I was thinking about this the other day, because we're in this kind of stage now where a lot of popular games from... 10, from the last console era, so like 10, kind of 15 years ago, like God of War are getting these modern updates that kind of uh, move the franchise forward while also kind of reflecting on its past, right? Yep, like the yep. God of War game was very popular uh, yeah, because right. it sort of, uh, it was kind of preserved that God of War gameplay while kind of reflecting on sort of the narrative a bit. Uncharted's not having that. They're not making a, a modern Uncharted. And I think it's because... Made, uh, Uncharted 4 released this generation. Well, that one doesn't count. Because, <laughs> but that, that's like another... Wasn't that just like another one? Yeah, it was, yeah. Very much so. 
I think Uncharted was never actually very good and people fooled themselves into thinking it was. The Uncharted games are good technical showcases. Uh, They have incredible animation. They have some pretty decent gunplay, but they are very much a play-at-once-done sort of thing, which can be fine. There, There was a time like 10 years ago where people thought, oh, this cinematic style of game is the future. I have really, I used to like those sort of games, but I've really gone off them now. Like, I don't like games exactly. which are just cinematic experiences. Like, I like, I, I didn't finish The Last of Us, for example. I don't want to say I called it, but I remember nine, eleven years ago being like, Callum, how can you like this? It's terrible. <laughs> it's not terrible. I think they're good games, they're good experiences, but I don't know. I don't want to watch a movie of it either, though. You know, if the movie's just going to go through the same shit as the game, I think I'd still rather play the game. Also, Indiana Jones is a thing. It's just, it's just a strange thing. Like Uncharted exists as being like a video game version of Indiana Jones, uh, similar, to, bizarre, similar to the way Tomb Raider exists of being a video game version of Indiana Jones. Like that's literally why it exists. Um, so I just don't. Are we? Do we need a movie to like legitimize it? Is that what they want? I I don't know why it's lasted this long. I don't know. Because how can you be so sure this is like a hot ticket? It's not a hot ticket. It's gonna it's fail. Taken eleven years to make. Are they just... No one knows the name. Uncharted has not got that general market penetration. Name a character from Uncharted, Scott. Nathan Drake. There you go. You know it. Sully. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, but only because I'm looking at this article. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know Nathan Drake. Yeah. He looks like uh, every other hero. <laughs> mm. Every other white male hero in a thing. He's got the gamer face. He has. He looks like that guy. Can we Although... talk about Red Ring of Death for a minute? What? What about it? This um, artist, what was his name? This artist on uh, Twitter has been drawing a uh, mid-2000s gamer comic for fun. Oh, I love that. Yeah, And, it, and yeah. it's called Red Ring of Death. Yeah, it's good. Uh, is it still it going? Is, um, I've, I've not yeah, been what's his name? It. Let me give him a shout out. Hey, Sean why, Rose. Why are we talking about Sean this? Sean Rose has been drawing a mid-2000s gamer comic Is it because I mentioned the, U- the YouTube stuff? Yeah, it's just because um, I'm thinking of the mid-2000s because okay. of uh, Uncharted. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it good. It's very true to life, yeah. and it is, gives me weird nostalgia for that time. I miss the times when we read shitty webcomics. They were all bad. I don't think there's... Was any... Is any webcomic good? Uh, yeah, you know, there have been some good webcomics. Name time. one. Um, wasn't Starship Crisis quite good? Okay, that was pretty good. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that one. Uh, Chris Jones, I, I was PvP was pretty fun. Yeah, it was fun. That's true. I like Scott Kurtz for it to a certain extent. <laughs> okay, I suppose those are good ones. All right, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Um, yeah, who gives a fuck about the entire movie? Certainly not me. I'll still see it. Uh, do you want to know what I care less about? Yeah, what? Also from Naughty Dog. Um, a Last of Us TV show has been announced. Oh, that will be good, fun. Oh, God. How's um, The Walking Dead already ended? The Walking Dead's still going. What? Yeah, I know. The Walking Dead is still going. It's on its 10th season. I know. Scott, I know. Damn. I know. Uh, so we're getting another Walking Dead. It's called The Last of Us series. Uh, it's being made by... It's by maybe made by HBO, so it's got, definitely got some backing here, and it's coming from Chernobyl creator 
Craig Mazin. Uh, he made the show Chernobyl. He didn't actually cause the Chernobyl disaster. I feel like I should specify. It also <laughs> comes from the little joke there. It also comes from Neil Druckmann, who was the director for The Last of Us. Um, Naughty Dog going for a lot of crunch by now, uh, right now. By the way, apparently the crunch culture at Naughty Dog is really awful, and mm. people are, like forced to like work like really long days, which isn't surprising in like today's climate. But Naughty Dog sort of always prided itself as being this top tier video game company. That it surprises me that they're, they're really bad for crunch. Anyway, Last of Us uh, is a video game by Naughty Dog. It's about a post-apocalypse where you play a guy called Joel who looks like a white gamer man and he looks like Nathan Drake with a beard uh, and he's leading Ellie who has some special blood to a place and you follow them through the post-apocalypse as they try and fight off uh, these creatures which are like, basically they're zombies but they're caused by plants like plants grow and turn people into zombies uh, but then the real monster <laughs> um, you may be interested to know is man okay. is, is your is your fellow humans they're the real that. monsters um so this is gonna be a show that adapts the story of the last of us so if you played the last of us you, you know what you're getting here uh yeah if you imagine you could go on youtube right now and watch a supercut of the last of us story <laughs> yeah and you would get the same thing as what that, the show's the trying thing. to do it's pretty much the same thing right um yeah, so if you're if you're into that, if you're into watching The Last of Us instead of playing it, that's a thing that's going to exist. Why, Scott? Why are they yeah, making this? Why what? Why are they making this? Because they think it might make money. Because HBO is like, what do we do now? Game of Thrones is done. Um, the Last of Us, yeah, that was popular. Let's try and make this. It's Zombies only- are big. It's kind of like a mishmash of things that are a bit popular. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. The Walking Dead already exists. It's basically the same thing. But what if you had it again? They liked it one time, Cal. They'll like it again. But what if you had it again based on a very popular video game property that's only had one game? Yep. Another one coming out. It didn't have two? The second one's coming out soon, this year. Uh, May, I think it is. Maybe later. I don't know. I'm not going to play it. I hate to be cynical about that sort of stuff because obviously it's cool that that video games get its own expensive thing and people treat them seriously, whatever. But I just... I just don't give a shit about this sort of stuff, you know? I people who don't play games, I'm sure there's been an interesting show, maybe. I just... Just go back to adapting books. There's loads of books out there. Read another book. Read another... Yeah. Read, read another books. book and then adapt it. Um, I just don't think video games... I, I like... It's okay. It's it's hard to say because obviously I like the Witcher adaptation, which is, which is an adaptation of books. So that's whatever. Um, I enjoyed the Sonic movie, which of course is an adaptation of a video game. But I think some characters lend themselves well to that sort of stuff. But some games, which are already designed as cinematic stories, I just don't know what we're doing here. Did they create these games with the intention of like one day we'll get to do a proper show? It just feels like they don't think the game's like a proper thing, you know. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying, but I think it's stupid. It's yeah. I, I have no interest in it. I'll probably watch it still. I'll, I'll, I'll download it. Yeah. Uh, will, will you? Yeah, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> um, can we talk about a nice thing? Uh, sure. A nice, nice, a nice adaptation into something else. Uh, okay. Lego Mario. Yeah. You seen this? Yeah, that, well, you, first of all, you showed me it got leaked before it came out. It did. Well, I got leaked by, I say leaked, Lego 
like jump the gun on the announcement. <laughs> oh, it's actually game. But, so what, what I shared with you, so Lego okay. announced it, but then game, what I was showing you is that game posted on their website. They said, announced in the recent Nintendo Direct, this Lego Mario set. But of course, there hasn't been a recent Nintendo Direct. So clearly there was meant to be, or there was going to be, and they just jumped the gun and said that, basically. But basically, Lego's announced, along with Nintendo, there's going to be a Lego Mario set. Um, have you seen the video that I shared? Uh, yes, I did. Second link. Seems interesting. It seems, so it's not like it's not like a traditional Lego set. It's not like minifigures. Or it seems like it's actual like, like a gamified Lego thing. So Mario's got like a little electronics inside of him and you move him around this level with like and uh, near field communicators which then affects him in different ways and there's like there's like Bowser Jr's there Yoshi's there there's Koopa Troopers it seems interesting it's very much for kids uh it's not aimed at us similar to like Nintendo Labo but it seems cool what do you think yeah, I mean, the, the trailer showed like little kids playing with it. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's in that vein of like, this is cool. It's not for me, uh, but it will be, you know, it'll be cool to see them. Uh, see them? It'll be cool to see it <laughs> you know, out in the world. That seems fun. I hope the kids enjoy it. So for me, what's interesting about this is I wonder if this sort of speaks to a larger partnership between Lego and Nintendo. Do we get a Lego Nintendo game? And what does that look like? Sorry, pardon? Do we get a Lego Nintendo game? And what does that look like? I hope it doesn't, because I don't think it would be significantly significantly different from the regular Nintendo fair. But if like you just did a Lego-fied version of like a Mario game or something, that could be interesting. But what would be different between that and a Mario game? The Lego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, sure. Like, I, I'd happily play another Mario game. Yeah. But... What, I don't really what think. Was, uh, what if he was made by made with Lego? Okay. Yeah, what if? Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. I've got it. Mario yeah. in the normal games breaks blocks. Yeah. He's <laughs> always doing that. Them for a but what if he was put in a world where everyone is blocks? Where he's blocks. He's right. blocks, and everyone else is blocks, and they're like, "We've got something to say to you. You keep breaking us, and we're not very happy about it. So you gotta live like us for one for one day. And if you don't get out in twenty four <laughs> hours, you'll be stuck as a Lego block forever. That's what. Uh, why? Why isn't there Mario Battle Royale? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a thousand toads drop onto a onto a um yep. an island, but- and they're all going. And the thing is, the, the one thing, like, the thing you could have done with Mario Lego has been done. It's called Mario Maker. That's different. I don't know. I, I just think, I can't think of a way that Lego would, like, make that franchise. Like, you think about, like, Lego Star Wars, like, the original, like, Lego this and that game. That was, like, we're going to take Star Wars, we're going to make it more kind of playful, make it into kind of an action platformer. That, like, that changed the yeah. tone. That kind of made it. But, like, Mario is already, like, in that vein. But the fact that it's Lego doesn't actually make a difference for the game. Really, I know you build things sometimes, like you build a bridge to cross or whatever. But it actually being Lego, yeah, none of these games it, actually it have to be Lego. It changes the tone and makes yeah. that kind of game more acceptable for like a Star Wars franchise. But for like Mario, Mario is already like like light hearted and fun. But you could say the same sort of thing about Mario Rabbits, right? Like Rabbits yeah, came but, along and obviously changed its tone a little bit. But that's mm, that, well that. Yeah, that was a different type of gameplay in the game. Right? That's what I mean. So what if we did a yeah. similar sort of thing with Lego then? Well, you're just saying to me what what kind of a what different Mario game would you make? Yeah, I suppose the Lego games are sort a of Mario, just like a Mario City management right? game. 
Mayor Mario. Mayor Mario, I did it. There you go. Mayor Mario. Buy, buy it from me, Nintendo. <laughs> I don't Million dollars to. guaranteed opening <laughs> weekend. I mean, we've not really had a, a Mario like action platformer. That doesn't really exist, right? I guess. I mean, well, three, like, three D will kind of is, I guess. I but like in that Lego be. style, I guess they just do a Lego game, but like it's got Mario characters. When's Mario going to use a gun? He already has. It's it's Mario Rabbits. Ah, uh, true. All right. I don't know. I just don't think the, the Lego... What if they the, did? Okay. Lego okay. doesn't belong in the I've video game Mario franchise. You do a normal Lego game, okay? Yeah. But it's like you've got all the Nintendo franchises in there. It's like Smash Brothers. They all come together in Lego form. That's where that's where you could do it, right? Like Because it's you're actually... It's the play sets all playing together in a game. And obviously, it's not actually those characters. It's the Lego versions of those characters. So it's like, it's like the Lego movie is a movie about a kid playing of a Lego set, right? You do a Nintendo game like that. Where it's just like these weird scenarios similar to Smash Bros. of these characters coming together mm. in Lego form. Yeah, maybe so. I could see that. I think that'd be quite cool. That's what I that's what I want. But we don't know. It could just be that this is the this is the only thing that comes with this collaboration, is this this this, this little Lego uh, Mario gamified set. Still cool. Uh an interesting I I think kids will like this a lot. I want the little piranha plant that comes out of a me too. Pipe. I hope some of these things are sold separately. I don't want the Mario with the electronics inside it, but I would like that Yoshi and that little Goomba. That'd be quite cool. Um, I <laughs> what well, for my for my Instagram post this week about uh, asking for questions. I tried to find a picture of Mario wearing a coronavirus mask. Doesn't it doesn't <laughs> yeah. doesn't exist? What about I really Dr. Mario? Tried, I, really, I, I searched loads of different things, and he doesn't it doesn't exist, which I'm really surprised by. Uh, so if someone could draw that, that'd be great. I just yeah, I draw it for exposure. I don't know folks. why. I don't know why I want that. I just think it'd be. I, I just the image to me was funny. And Cow will pay you. He'll pay you whatever <laughs> fee you ask. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> you can take that to a bank. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, you know who's not being paid? <laughs> yeah. You give me a segue here. Um, some of the developers for the Nvidia streaming tool. Yeah, the state. Um, no, that's Nvidia. Okay, we're right. not. We're, we're going to talk about two failed streaming services. The Nvidia uh, one, I don't think it's failed just yet, but it has. It is okay. going through some issues, and I wonder. I want to know what your thoughts are on this. So, Nvidia released a a streaming service called GeForce Now, and the way this works is that they have their servers, and, and you connect your Steam account to it, and then you can play your games through their servers. So rather than installing your games... Streaming which, it. Rather than, rather than installing your games, which you've already bought onto your computer, you can install it on their servers and stream it in better quality than maybe you would be able to on your computer. So let's say you've got a really weak laptop and you want to play all these PC games, you could connect your Steam, your Steam to this service and play them through their servers. So you're not buying anything from them, you're just paying a, a fee to use their computers, basically. Some developers don't like that. And what's going on here is that uh, some developers, such as this story specifically, is about the Long Dark, the makers of the Long Dark, um, have asked for their games to be taken from the service. Blizzard also asked for their games to be taken from the service, as did Bethesda. So yeah, it's kind of like a Netflix style in a way that games come on and games come off. It's no, because it's it's just it's not like they haven't got a a library of games. You're playing the no, games no, yeah, from you're Steam. not paying for you, yeah, but the game is supported by the system. It's any game. It's anything on Steam. 
Is it anything also? Yeah, okay. so you're, you're in, basically you're installing your games onto their service. So mm. you're not actually... Okay, it's not uh, actually so what's that? So these the developers itself. are starting to wake up to like, do we really want to allow this? Yeah, so these developers cut. don't like the idea that um, you're paying for a service to play their games without paying them anything, but you've already bought the games. I don't... I, yeah. So that's the thing. It's a real interesting grey area, and I'm not sure whose side I'm on here. Because on the one hand, you can't play these games without having already bought them. So I'm buying this game on Steam. I should, as a consumer, be able to play it how I like. Because if I, if I want to install it on some cloud servers and play from there, I should be allowed to, right? I don't know what the legality is of it. I think this is like a new area, really. We're talking like, let's, let's talking like as a consumer, as, as an owner of mm. this game, I should be allowed to play that wherever I like, right? Yeah, I say in general. But then these developers, they want to... Like, so NVIDIA is then also making money off of offering this service... And obviously, they're making money off of the idea mm. that you can play games yeah. which they've had no hand in. Yeah, I mean, the developers are not strictly losing out. They're not losing because anything. obviously, if, if anything, you could argue that like maybe more people will buy it because they can play it through the Nvidia service. But obviously, but at the same I'm sure time, the developers are like, we're not getting a cut of this. But at the same time, if these games didn't exist, this service wouldn't exist. Yeah, it's a really you see you see it's a really interesting like moral quandary. I think like who's right here. Should have in- Nvidia have asked permission for the developers before letting you yeah. use the service? Well, like I said, well, yeah, this is a real like grey area because you're again, as you said, they're not selling you the games. No, they're not even letting you play the games unless you already own the yeah. team. Who's right here, Scott? Uh yeah, I'm kind of a bit sympathetic towards like I think this is a way in which like capitalism can strangle innovation. People yeah. are also like, ah, oh, capitalism breeds innovation. In some ways, uh, that's what competition does. But in another way, like you know, this is probably quite a useful service to a lot of people, and it doesn't really mean the developers are strictly missing out because, like we said, like if a service didn't exist, then like no, the sales yeah. would be the same. Yeah, like if anything, the sales might go up, but they're thinking to themselves, uh, "Well, we want a cut." You know, we money is changing hands to do this streaming service, and even though that doesn't provide them with access to games they haven't bought, we deserve a. We feel like we deserve a cut because we're, you know, because they have the they have by by, power, how, by, u- by using these games, like you're using this service, to, like you're using their games to to make use of the service, right? So. <laughs> I can see why because they might also want to cut the money from that as well. It's <laughs> it's really difficult. To it's a shame because the Nvidia thing does seem like quite a useful service. Apparently, it works like, really well. Like it actually yeah, like compare, if you compare water. it to like Stasia's horrible idea of like we're gonna charge you money to like play to buy games on our streaming service that may not last. Nvidia is like if you've got games already that you'll keep in your Steam account, yeah, then you can use our service to play them, yeah. It's and apparently the service actually works really well, like better than Stadia yeah. does. Um, it's it seems to me like Nvidia is innovating and providing like a service people might actually want. Yeah, and the, I think some developers because they own these, like they've got the power, they own the copyright to these games. They're kind of testing their legal mus- muscle. So on the flip side, Nvidia is a billion, like a multi-billion-dollar company. Oh yeah, they're you not know? like some poor indie. They're not company. some poor indie company here. They could afford to give developers some money, but then also, yeah, you're right. in, does it in make other words, does it make the fuck them? Does it make the sense for the service to be profitable if they if they're paying people to? Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, I still think it's tricky because at the same time, Bethesda's a billion, a multi-billion-dollar company, and they're one of the ones kicking off about it. Um, yep. 
it's interesting. It's an interesting legal area. Uh, in comparison, Epic Games have announced that they're actually going to be all on board with it, and that Nvidia can do whatever they want with their games. Oh, that's pretty which is cool. Which is good. Yeah, they said, yeah, just go for it, uh, which is nice. Um, Epic Games also got the ability to have a wish list on their store this week. Good for them. <laughs> it only took like five years. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so we're going to see where the way this continues. The way the uh, the subscription model for the Nvidia GeForce Now thing works, by the way. Um, you can have a free version where you can play an hour a day uh, at 1080p, or you can pay, I think it's eight five pounds a month, eight pounds a month, and you can play up to 4K with HDR and things. Wait. Unlimited hours per day. Unlimited hours per day, yeah, that's right. Nvidia, so Nvidia is your mum on a free version. Yes, yeah, she is. It's like you can only play games an hour a day. To be honest, that works for you, doesn't it? That's all you play anyway. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Just play the free version. Uh, yeah, so I'm interested to see where this where this goes. Um, weird. It's 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 uh, interesting new grey area. I mean, I imagine the reason these companies don't one they want money from it, but also you got to imagine that they're forming their own streaming service, right? Yeah, true. I can see Bethesda. Or they, maybe they have the idea that they want to in the future. And it's like, we don't want this to happen. Or they're going to be jumping in with, like, Stadia or something to exclusively have their game streaming there. Yeah, well, maybe, but maybe not, because yeah. our next news story... <laughs> yeah. um, is, so, uh, good news... Stadia's for, a good, horrible failure. Good news for Stadia owners, actually. There is some good news for Stadia owners. Uh, they've opened a video game studio to, oh, make, cool. to make games for the Stadia. <laughs> Which, I'll look forward to that in one to five years. I don't know. Maybe you should make games before you release the console. That's yeah, just an may- idea. Maybe. Just that's, an idea. That's just a crazy thought I had. Maybe like develop games ahead of time rather than after the fact. Wait, is Stadia even officially released yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, because it's people have got it, right? Yeah, but I think that was just the early adopters. I don't think it's actually released well, to the public. You only get yet. one launch, really. Yeah, it's just true. Um, like it's in people's hands. People can use it. Yeah. Well, they they've hired some people from someone who worked on the God of War studio. Sony Santa Monica studio is now heading up another uh, Stadia studio. It's uh, Shannon Studsill. <laughs> Just make games before you yeah. release the thing. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, Stadia's been real uh, <laughs> a, a real bomb. Google has a lot of money. Why did they need to release Stadia now? Before they were ready for it, is it because they wanted to be ahead of other people's streaming? Yeah, services? I think I think Google has like a messed up like corporate structure. Like, oh, this would be cool. Would would it be? You know, will people play it? Yeah. Will people develop games for it? Oh, naturally, because it will be so popular. Yeah, I mean, but also you have like others. So Microsoft are releasing their streaming servers later this year. Uh, when they, I think it's called X Cloud. Um, Sony has already got there. It's called PlayStation Now which I don't think a lot of people use, but it exists. It's uh, fine. I've given it a go. So I guess Google like, were like, either we release this now or we're releasing after the competition. So I suppose it makes sense to release, to be the first, but not when What's it's like What's the point this. of PlayStation now? But surely to use it, you've just got to have a PS4 anyway. You can do it on PC. Can you? Yeah. Yeah, mm, you can play PlayStation games on PC. They don't. They're not doing the Game Pass thing where you can play all the latest games on it. Like you still have to buy the latest games. But it's got a lot of. It's got a big load of games on it. Uh, a load of PS3 games, a load of PS4 games. I think all the Uncharted games are on there. If you wanted to give those a go, all right. Uh, cool. Last of Us is on there. Yeah, it's it's uh, interesting service, but 
it does run those games exactly as they were on the console. So if you're playing a PS3 game, it's basically running it as if it was running on a PS3. So it's still 720p, 30 frames a second or less, that sort of thing. You know, it doesn't stream it as if you're streaming it to a powerful PC, which is the only difference there. Um, so that's the good Stadia news, is there's there going to be some games coming to the platform. Maybe. Maybe one day. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, it's a it's a paycheck for the developers, right? Like even if their games don't get released, they're getting paid for yep. it. Yeah, got for some something, money, got yeah. some finance. I'll make games for Stadia Google. <laughs> give me, give me a few million. Um, do you remember the announcements of Google Stadia where they said that games will be running in true 4K using their incredible power of the cloud? Yeah, no doubt about it. True 4K all the way. Um, they said they even announced Doom Eternal as one of the leading games for it, where they say they gave a demo to the tech. Demo the tech to the press and promise it would run it for true 4K when it comes out. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I've got some bad news for you. What? Doom Eternal what is, is not true 4K on Google Stadia. What? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, Google. Uh, rather, it runs <laughs> it runs at 1080p, <laughs> 60 frames per second on HD displays, and upsamples it to 2160p, which I think is 4K. But upsamples it from 800p, 1800p, whatever that means, uh, on 4K displays. So they lied. <laughs> uh, it's also I also don't believe it's HDR, which they promised it would be either. Uh, so it's still better than 1080p, but better than nothing. <laughs> but it's not what they said it would be. So people have bought Stadia. Well, this is like being one of the biggest announcements. Like, hey, you can play Doom at 4K, 60 frames per second, streaming from the clouds. And it's not that. And in fact, it actually probably, at times, probably looks worse than 1080p because it's still got like interlacing like um, issues because it's still streaming. Can't something. believe a company would lie to me like that. Like, watching a 4K movie on Netflix is different to watching it on a 4K disc, you know? Like, it's, you're streaming something, some of the quality is lost there. And that's the case here as well. But it's not even 4K quality that's being lost. It's it's less than that. Um, it's <laughs> they're fucked, right? Who I should hope so. Who is going to want investing this? In Who's investing in Stadia? Don't is if you if you if you're thinking about Stadia, just don't don't do it. It's bad. It's it's they failed at every. This was like the last thing that they needed to succeed on. And they just haven't. <sighs> They've not delivered on their promises. They've not. For the most part. They completely lied about it. Um, so, there you go. That's that's Google Stadia. Hopefully the final nail in the coffin for that absolute shitter of a system. God damn it. Wow. I don't think we've seen anything quite this bad before in video games, but, you know. <laughs> uh, new consoles coming out. Still got time to be proven wrong. I'm being very cynical this week. This was meant when I initially thought about this podcast, I wanted it to be like a positive celebration of games, and it's been very hard to. We enjoy some games. We do have fun. I think I I am still quite we have fun here. I'm still quite hot on games. You know, I still think games are good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. games are good, guys. Uh, <laughs> I love them. That's it for the news. Is there any news you've got, Scott? Nah, I'm good. Good. Do you want a couple of questions? Go on, man. Give it to me. I have two questions for you. Okay. Uh, the first one is from Hannah, who asks... Mm-hmm. Hi, Hannah. How are you? 
we have this sometimes. Yeah. So occasionally we have people ask, just asking us how we are. And I like those. I like putting those in. So Scott, beyond like how you've been at the start of the podcast, beyond like things in general, in general, how are you? You know, I'm in general, I'm okay. I'm going through that time moment where I've, I feel like I've kind of fallen up my work routine a bit because I've had my uh, my upgrade panel for my PhD and I'm waiting on my written comments from my supervisor, which hasn't happened yet due to strike action. So I'm sort of, uh, I've not had that much to do. I'm sort of feeling, yeah, I'm feeling all right with work. Work's okay. I guess I just want to get back into a bit of a routine maybe next month. It's uh, nearly the Iranian New Year. Nice. Uh, my family's celebrating. Uh, we're an Iranian family going to celebrate that New Year. New spring, you know, I'm looking forward to it being a bit brighter. I'm waking up in the light now. That, those details of my life are fine. In general, you know, the f- political situation is not that great. Democratic primary is not going the way I wanted. Uh, but, you know, I've been, I've been bolstered. I've seen a few kind of inspirational sort of messages online of uh, people talking about the future, uh, how we can still use the tools that we built to kind of fight uh, going forward. Um, I'm feeling a bit more hopeful about that. I think we can still still carry on. Uh, and, yeah, it, so I think and in terms of relationships and so on, I mean, um, I'm fairly happy with all my friendships right now. I'm not looking to change any of that. Uh, good you'll be good, <laughs> good to know, to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um fine good are you relationships are okay good do you mean you mean like friendship relationships yeah friendships no, yeah no dates oh, I've, got, I've got a couple of dates lined up really actually. you yeah. don't tell me about this well yeah i've, I've, Scott, I've got back into using I... okay cupid after uh having a while not doing it i hated okay cupid it's such yeah a, well, it's so hard think... to like match with anyone on okay cupid I guess such a weird thing. Does, isn't it like the way it works? I've not used it in a while now because I'm in a long-term relationship. Uh, not to rub it in. But isn't it? doesn't the way it works now, like you can't message someone unless you've both matched each other similar to, to like a Tinder type thing? Now you can message someone if you like them, but it's like class as an intro. I don't know if they see it or not. And they can't see it unless they're like subscribed to the ser- like premium service uh, or something? No, yeah, it's like they've made it more like Tinder, I guess. Okay, right. Okay. How, so uh, how, yeah. how's it going for you? How's that, how's that all going? Yeah, if you're fine. okay sharing okay this, by Cupid's- the way. Uh, I can talk about it a little cool. bit. I think okay. OkCupid is the best. Of- I don't really like Tinder. Bumble's all right. Have you used Hinge? I tried to use Hinge. I didn't get along with Hinge. Apparently, that's like the the thing now, like because it's designed specifically to for people to find relationships rather than just like one off dates. Ah, uh, I don't know, but I thought Hinge was like the impression I got is this is the app that will let you like racially profile your matches. <laughs> yeah, you do get to choose whether you like white you people get to, or not. They give you a lot of specificity, which I think uh, not really too happy. That seems a bit weird. Yeah, okay, I get you. Yeah, why would you? Uh, but yeah, yeah so I've got a couple of days lined up. Uh, that'll be fun. Um, I don't know if they'll go anywhere. First dates they are. So dates with different people. Yeah, two two different people. Nice, nice. Where are you gonna go for the? Where, <laughs> where are you gonna go? Uh, gonna take one to um a cafe, uh, scooter cafe. Uh, well, uh, no, it's, it's cafe. It's like a cafe bar. Okay, it's a cool cafe bar right. in okay. London. Don't. Mm. Uh, you wouldn't understand being up north. Okay, you don't get into these things. Yeah, I get you. Uh, but what, what's no, all, it's, what's it's, it's, time it's, it's called there? scooter cafe. Uh, like evening time, okay, evening time. Cool. All right, you're good. You're good. Seven o'clock. Yeah, it's good. Cafe is a cafe bar. It becomes a bar at night. What day are you going there? Um, Monday. <laughs> I've told people where I'll be on Monday and what time now. Just in case we want to come uh, so, and watch the date. Unfold. In case we come watch it. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, write in um, with your reviews of Scott's date. <laughs> what are you doing for your second date? 
Yeah, probably go to go to a museum late opening. But I thought you were going to say the same place. <laughs> just, yeah, just I thought about that. I thought about being the guy who goes in every night with like a different date. Uh, but maybe, maybe not. That is more in my personality, to be fair. But no, you're going to a museum late museum opening. Yeah, so that's cool. That is cool. I like those. Those are yeah. good date first date ideas. Mm. Nice. Well, uh, how was her, was Hannah's question directly addressed to me? No, it's both. Or, us. Uh, so, but, uh, well, how are you, but Scott? Just so you know, uh, we are going to want an update on the dates in the next podcast. All right, especially if they go bad. Okay. <laughs> if they just go fine, you could just say they were fine, and that's that's it. But if they were especially, I don't good, want to talk about it. Or especially bad. <laughs> that's what I want All to know right. the story on the podcast for people's entertainments. Uh, your content now. Your dates are now content. I'm I'm content. You are content. We're, con- we're all content. Uh, to answer Hannah's question for me, I am mostly okay. I've been... Your girlfriend's still away? Uh, no, she's back now. She's been in America okay. for the past week uh, camping, but she is back as of last night, uh, which is great. So I've had a week on my own, which when I'm a bit stressed at the moment, uh, is... Well, it, was, it wasn't... It, I've, been, I've been having to keep myself busy, to keep myself distracted. But I went into this week... Just sort of being like a different mood, different mindset, being like, just do what you can, you know. I think the past few weeks I've been trying to take control of a lot yeah. too many but things. When you at said work. that she, you said, uh, that she got back last night, and as you did so, you got a bit quieter, like you pulled away from the microphone. And I have it in my head of you, like, saying she got back uh, last night, and you, like, <laughs> craning your neck to look into the other room to check that she was there. <laughs> <laughs> my mistake. I just, I just wheeled back up the chair a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing. Okay, I've had a good. I, I didn't. I didn't say this at the start of the podcast actually. But I went to a Disney quiz on Wednesday. Oh, uh, a bar. Oh yeah, you were the greatest dancer. So, <laughs> um, it was a. It was full of Disney fans, and you could tell they're Disney fans just by the way they look and smell. Um, yeah. And it was a really hard quiz. I went with some people from work, and it was a lot of fun. But in between every round, uh, there was a song and dance section. Where people would stand up on the tables and dance and sing to Disney music, and I'm not doing that. Uh, for the first few rounds, I just I'm like absolutely not. I don't like Disney enough to do that. A couple of people in the group did, but most people just, just didn't. We just chatted and stuff in, in those. What in those tunes moments. did they play? Gaston was one of Can them. Can you feel the love tonight? That wasn't one of the dance ones. Um, Friend like me, I think might have been one of them. I don't know, maybe. Bit racist, is it? Yeah, friend, because the Jungle Book is by Richard Kipling. No, it's all about like white man's burden. Friend like me and, from Aladdin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not uh, what am I thinking of? You're thinking. Be of like you. Be I like want to be you. like you. There you go. All right. Yeah, that's it. That is a bit racist. Uh, sure. Friend like Aladdin has some racism in it, but a friend like me is not racist. Uh, yeah, but then the final song, "Let It Go," I thought I'm gonna stand up just just sort of have a little bit of fun with this so initially i just sort of started swaying back and forth with my arms held out like a really like really bad dance but then the chorus hit and i was being recorded by some friends i just went for it and <laughs> so this is the first time i've like so what were you dancing to let it go from frozen okay this is the first time like I've, I'm, i was doing it ironically but this is the first time in the whole evening where i've made an effort for this sort of thing and seconds or like a minute after I'd started dancing, someone just came past, gave me a prize, took my picture and announced that I was the best dancer. <laughs> uh, it's just like, <laughs> what the hell? Uh, I, can... I wonder why he's the greatest dancer. <laughs> I wonder why that I've ever seen. 
Um, so that was it. That was the pinnacle of the evening. We didn't win the quiz. We got 39 of 60 questions right. But and you won. The winners got 46 of 60 questions right. So we mm. weren't far off. What was the hardest question on that quiz? There was a lot of hard questions. Uh, what's the colour of Snow White's bow at the start of the film in her hair? And it's not red. It's not red. It's, it's, mm. it's blue, by the way. It's blue. the answer. Okay, but, cool. you know, that's some real, like, yeah. specifics. Uh, in, in Inside Out, what is the name of Riley's ice hockey team that she's part of? Oh, I don't know much about this. I, talking about bad dates, that was um, a failed date I had going to see Inside Out. Really? In I didn't, I didn't know about this. Uh, well, it was it was um, a girl I went out with her a few times, and she was like nice and everything. I think we both kind of didn't really feel much uh, beyond that. You we couldn't feel the, last the love time tonight. We saw each other. Huh? You couldn't. We feel didn't the, feel the love tonight, and I I didn't get to see her Inside Out either. Womp 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 womp. Yeah, but the last time we saw each other, we went to see Inside Out, which was a good film. But I didn't feel I wasn't we didn't feel anything. No, okay for each other. Your, your emotions looked at each other. Your emotions looked at each other, and and they did not weren't compatible. That was twenty fifteen, I guess. Yeah, it's a anyway. while away. Uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it, was, so it was stuff um, like that. Uh, which, glad I got that joke in. Which <laughs> which spice <laughs> was Remy looking for in Ratatouille at the start? Oh, of the I've film? not seen Ratatouille. It's fine. Uh, he was looking for well, saffron. I'm not, I'm not cut out of this Disney quiz. By the way, uh, Riley's ice hockey team was the Prairie Dogs. Okay. Not very ice, icy to me, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just real hard shit like that. Fun, though. Had a good time. Uh, okay. so, so to answer the question, Hannah, I'm fine. <laughs> Thanks for us. We're on a bit of a tangent there, but whatever. Uh, one other question from Liam. He asks... This is this is the guy who asked uh, how you save Tingle, uh, <laughs> or, uh, how you defeat Tingle, and how you save Zeldo. Uh, he asks, and I need a full answer for you, Scott. Why is Luigi the only member of the Mario family that is immune to COVID? <laughs> well, this is a very complex law question. Yeah. Obviously, we know the Mario series for many years now has had, um, you know, what we call environmental storytelling. Yeah, with very little direct story, but you know we can pick up uh, bits and pieces. So Luigi, we believe, was the name of some long lost king. Oh yeah, but yeah, if you if you if you play uh, Return of the Soup People, yeah, you'll yeah. realise that there's a lot of statues in that game that are kind of busted. They kind of had the faces ripped off. Uh, mm. We you know we we know that Bowser had three children, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mario, Luigi, and Brian. And um, no, Mario and Luigi are featured prominently in the games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ma- I mean, Mario and Brian. Uh, Brian kind of has a few spin-offs, but Luigi, you know, has never quite defined uh, his relationship to Bowser. No, uh, we think he might be the nameless king. Oh yeah, of course. Who got stripped of his got stripped of his turtle head. Mario is a turtle. We don't. A lot of people miss this, but if you look carefully, he does have turtle textures. <laughs> On his or in some of the later games, skin. Uh, we we couldn't know that on the NES era, but you know in the modern era, from the GameCube onwards, it's pretty clear that he is turtleoid. Um, is that is that what the turtleoids? So, yeah, the turtleoid. So uh, so Louis, the, the biggest clues that we have, we do know, and Liam is very right to point this out, and not many people get this. Mario uh, Luigi is immune to coronavirus to COVID nineteen, as was pointed out in the prescient. 2017's um, Luigi and Big Bob Silent Fight. 
But that was a time travel story. It was. And uh, it looks like, and we know time travel not just in the game, but also in real life because they knew about COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, people, you know, obviously we do have to reassess uh, that place of that game in the lore in light of the real life modern events. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, some of the things in that game have not come to pass uh, that we know of, although we are looking into several locations in and around Bournemouth, as we speak. Uh, <laughs> But so why is Luigi immune to COVID-19? Yeah, Probably has something to do with his parentage. Uh, again, don't quite know his relationship to Bowser, but my theory is that he is Bowser's son. He is Mario's brother, but he's not Peach's son. Oh, shit. He's the son of, of, Hang on, of is Peach, Bowser. Is Peach and, Mario's uh, mother? Mm, yeah, that is correct. Okay. It's a very Oedipal uh, <laughs> game. There's a bit strong theme running through it. Uh, so, you know, How old is she? If we, if we did... Fun. Oh, is she, she looks very is, uh, Yeah, well, she she goes back and forth. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a portrait of Jenny's situation. Oh, okay. If you've seen that yeah, film, yeah. Uh, you might know what I'm talking about. Uh, so, you know, we know that Luigi did not inherit his COVID immunity from his father, but it could be from his mother. Now, Cal, think for me, think for me. Uh, if you bear with me, what yeah. character in the Mario canon do we know for definite is immune to COVID nineteen. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. I. I. I'm, I. I really don't know. Ah uh, well, you're you're right to not to know because the answer is none of them. <laughs> okay, so we we don't no other character in the Mario canon is <laughs> other than Luigi. Um, yeah, other than Luigi is confirmed immune to COVID, but so, which means we have to look outside the franchise. Okay. And when have when has Bowser had the opportunity to meet? Other Nintendo characters, it's in Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Um, Now, now, what character could? What character has to wash their hands so often? (laughs) Because they are actually all hands. It's for it's bad hands. It's for Smash Bros. Hands. Um, So we think that's for Mother and Luigi. Luigi is son of Smash Bros. Hands, and that's why he's immune to COVID nineteen. Fantastic, nurse. (laughs) Uh, That that was my deep law dive. Good. Okay, well, I hope that answers your question, Liam. Um, that's been a very informative <laughs> bit into the podcast. Uh, thank you, Scott, for that. Oh, no worries. This has been the Nerd Idol Geek Podcast. Uh, I've been Cal Doughty. I've been Scott Hunter. Please continue to wash your master hands. Yep. Good, goodbye. Happy birth- sing happy birthday to your virus. Yep. Happy birthday, coronavirus. Earth. And many more. Oh. How do you feel about the new government regulations that have been brought in like, to to deal with the coronavirus? But like, it's gonna be they can be in effect for the next two years. Yeah. Like one of them is, um, if you uh, if a school is closed or a school at university or something is closed needlessly, they can force it open, which seems like a good way to stop strikes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, well, yeah, it's pretty shit. Probably. I don't know. I'm not really familiar with uh, regulations though. Like okay, so um, police can... Uh, let, me, let me tell you the, these regulations. Uh, police can detain people they believe have the virus mm-hmm. and just put them in confinement, which is dystopian. Um, they can they can do more stops and searches that they want to. Uh, schools can be forced to, forced to stay open. 
stuff like that just like really like a lot more power to the police and things mm-hmm. but they've said it's in effect for two years yeah. which seems excessive Dangerous. that seems like a lot Tories love this sort of shit don't they yeah like any time to have more power and sort of like put more Banning control on the people mass gatherings they can do that and that's that's probably should happen anyway let's be fair like right now considering that this thing that's what all the other countries are doing they weren't going to but then people have criticised their response to uh, the virus which is to just let people get it which <laughs> I mean maybe the wrong way to deal with that uh, that's not what every other country isn't doing like Boris yeah, Johnson's Callum, out there saying we're, we're, we're free now this is what we voted Brexit for <laughs> that's true that's true but Boris Johnson's out there like saying our plan is for herd immunity and to get that 60% of people in the UK have to get it with a 2% um, mortality rate that's 800,000 people dead <laughs> And he's just out there saying, some of your loved ones are going to die. Like, that's an actual <laughs> phrase he used. And I'm, like, and I'm like, well, use a different plan then. <laughs> like, if, that, if, this, if your plan is 800,000 people approximately have to die for your plan to work, maybe think of a different one. He tells it like it is, Cal. He t- I love that. I love that he tells it like it is. <laughs> Jesus Look, Some Christ. of your loved ones are going to die. And that is just the Tory slogan now. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Just fucking... It's madness. He did a press conference and was just like, people gonna die. And you're like, <laughs> because your plans aren't good there, enough. There was nothing anyone could have done to prevent this, apart from all the things that all the other countries did. Yeah. China's now on the reduction. Like, the, the ground zero of, of this virus is now being reduced because they just went in and they sorted it. They sanitized whole cities. Mm. Like, just out in the street, just blasting buildings with, like, cl- disinfectant and stuff. When, and then when Trump's the, response just... plan is better than yours. Pardon? You know, when Trump's response plan is better than yours. Yeah, yeah, got kind of exactly. Absolutely insane. This is some... Trump, Trump two years ago, fired or got rid of their pandemic response team as a cost-cutting measure. And their plan's still better than ours. Our plan is to let people die. Uh, give me so 24 that, hours, so Boris. Maybe I can immune. come up with a pie chart or something. <laughs> 24 uh, hours in, in and a pie chart healthy in a dog's to... ass, Boris. <laughs> in order for the healthy to be safe, we're going to let the weak die. <laughs> Fucking awful. We must cull the weak and leave only those... In the crucible, with the might to expand across the universe, exterminate, exterminate, exterminate. It is. It's some Dalek level shit. And I did not realize that a Tory majority would head, like, as soon as anything bad happened, they were like, just completely masks off. Yeah, we're just going to let people die. <laughs> Some people will die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking no, no, like, beating around the bush, no pretending or something, just. Oh. I don't we like Labour. They, they lie all the time. They lie all the time telling me that my loved ones don't have to die. Yeah. And, you know, the Tories at least are honest when they tell me they're going to kill my loved ones. Yeah. We've tried absolutely nothing and we're all out of ideas. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't want my loved ones to die. I love them. Well, <laughs> you should have thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Before, before I lived in Britain. Them, before, you, before you had before I was born ones. in Britain. You shouldn't. You shouldn't love people, Scott. That's the message here. Yeah. Well, that's what Boris Johnson well, no, sure well, fucking look, doesn't. It's what is certain is that no Tory has ever loved anyone. 
It's true. And absolutely. Put that put that in the podcast. Open the podcast with that. Oh, this this whole discussion is the end of the podcast. Uh, I'm putting this no, after no the No Tory after the music. has ever loved anyone. If you are Tory and you love someone, you're lying. 